Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And uh, before we get to our, well, we might as well get into our, uh, our guest here we have with yeah. us uh, this morning, uh, Mr. John Geyer, who is the uh, superintendent at uh, Nielsville Schools, also a longtime uh, girls basketball coach. So he's been around the sports world. And we've been talking about it for a long time, Dick, uh, the things that have been ever-changing. And, uh, of course, John's been involved with the uh, Nielsville School Board, and they had a meeting last week. And uh, maybe you can just give us a little bit. We kind of talked about a little bit, but maybe just uh, some of the highlights of that meeting concerning what's happening with fall sports now as far as Nielsville is concerned. Well, first, guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, the time mm -hmm. being able to be here. Um, yeah, this is, this is my 39th year in education, and we have never, ever faced anything <laughs> like this before. And, and uh, you know, so many decisions are being passed down to the local level on what is a worldwide pandemic, which mm -hmm. makes it you know, much more difficult uh, for us when we think about the, the safety and care of our staff and our kids and our families. Um, but as far as the fall sports goes, um, the WIA created the two seasons now for fall sports. <laughs> you can either play in the fall or they'll give you an option where they've wedged in a potential fall season in the spring between the basketball and wrestling seasons and then the spring sports seasons um, and giving uh, teams options or to choose or individual districts options to choose when they want to play. Well, my theory very quickly became you really can't make a decision like this on your own as a school because uh, if you decide to play in the spring and everybody else in your conference decides to play in the fall, who are you going to play in the spring? Right. right. So we got together as a conference and uh, uh, had a conversation about the conference about what we wanted to try to do. And then all of the schools had to make a decision based on uh, uh, those recommendations of whether they wanted to try to start in the fall or start in the spring. Uh, our board, on a very, uh, uh, after a very lengthy conversation and a very uh, difficult vote, uh, decided to try to, fall, to start the fall season uh, this fall. Uh, and that is the re uh, recommendation that the conference, Clover Belt Conference, has made for us. Um, so we will try to do that. And I, I think it's important to know that uh, one of the caveats of starting in the fall is if you can't get 50% of your season in, 50% of your games in, you can finish up the season in that spring season. And I think that was one of probably the driving forces in the c okay. uh, conference of saying, well, uh, if we have to shut it down, uh, we can and we can still potentially have kids have the opportunity to play in that, in that spring season. So one of the things that we'll do as a conference uh, and in the administrators in the conference and then uh, obviously make recommendations to our school boards is prior to that halfway point in the season, we'll make a decision about does it look like we can make it or not? And if we think we can make it, we'll probably continue in the fall. So and if we be, don't think we can make it, we'll maybe move it to the spring. That'd be roughly about the middle, of, like the third game of the season, the middle of October, roughly, or right for football, it yeah. would have to be after the third game, game yeah. because uh, if you play that fourth one in your seven game, you're going to uh, be over half. You're, right? all, you're over half, and you can't yeah. play them in the spring. Right. So that's uh, that is kind of where we are. Uh, but again, these have been the most difficult decisions. We have to weigh, you know, both the threat of the virus, and we have to weigh the social emotional health of our kids and what they've missed out on uh, or potentially could miss out on. You know, there's some other theories that were out there that I kind of liked. Uh, there was one I know that Illinois was using 
that they moved their spring sports into the fall, and oh, they're playing okay. their fall sports next spring, because we could have easily, you know, transitioned to baseball, baseball softball, and track, easily. which are less contact yeah. sports. Yeah. And we could have had those kids ready to go yeah. in August yeah. and far, play. But this is what the WA did. Sports, and they were sports, quite frankly. Kids played all summer also. Correct. They yeah. would have been ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was pretty interesting there. So, yeah. Like, so I was... Uh, I thought the WA might consider that. Uh, there were some uh, conferences that were pushing for that, but they decided to go with the options of the two seasons. Now, you said you had a lengthy debate during that school board meeting. What was the, if I can ask, what was the sure. debate uh, mainly about? Well, the conversation, I shouldn't say debate. It was a conversation, and the conversation is you, you know that participating in sports this fall is going to create a greater risk of contact. Uh, if somebody has this virus uh, and you're going to be traveling with kids uh, so it was it, it is weighing the trying to weigh those issues and say do we take this chance hoping that there isn't a breakout uh, and give the kids the chance to play already in the fall or do we simply wait till the spring and uh, hope that we have a better handle on the virus. So it was really a good conversation about that. And uh, our board uh, on both sides of that issue are very thoughtful. And um, I've always said this about this whole issue about when it's about reopening schools and playing sports. We'll never know if we overreacted mm -hmm. to uh, anything, but we'll know real quickly if we underreacted mm -hmm. to the virus. Right, yeah. Um, do you have something, Dick? Uh, I guess one question, John, you know, not sports-related, but we're six days in. How has that been going at school? Well, I will tell you this. You know, the big issue, I think, really was about around the masks. Sure. And I can tell you our kids have been great about masking. Uh, I've got four out of my six grandkids in school at some point, and they forget they have their masks on and they're wearing them home half the time. Well, I think the, the idea of the Nielsville Warrior on the front, because my, uh, my youngest son didn't go the first day. Yeah. He didn't make it, or some, I don't know what happened when they, when they gave him out. And he wanted one, so he, he emailed the teacher and made sure that he got one when he got back, because they're pretty cool. They are pretty cool. And I think got that helps. Now, so yeah. And I think that, that helps when yes, you have I, something I, like I that. Just, I think that was a big thing right there. You it, know, it makes everybody feel together and whatever. And they know. look cool. And, 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 you know, we just, uh, we, have, we have protocols in place for surface cleanings. We have protocols in place for busing. We have, uh, we have protocols in place for kids to do hand sanitation and get mask breaks. Uh, but the kids and the staff have really been great. And up to this point, you know, we've had a couple kids that have had symptoms. But uh, up to this point, we have had no kids that, to my knowledge, that have tested positive. Well, that's great. That's terrific. It says a lot for the plan going in also. And, and, you know, uh, like I've said all along, this is going to have to really be a partnership between the school and the community and the parents. Yep. Um, and we're going to have to be uh, uh, real transparent with each other uh, if an issue comes up. And we're going to have to be uh, doing our due diligence uh, out in the community to, to reduce the spread so that we can continue to have school open and we can continue to have sports. Right. Now, one of the big questions, of course, is spectators. Um, has there been any talk as to what possibly is going to happen? I know uh, volleyball starts next Tuesday uh, as far as actual games. Um, 
What's the talk on that right now? Well, we, we do have some, we're working with the health department. In fact, we had a Zoom meeting with the health department uh, today. So we look at the guidance from the WIA. We look at the guidance from our county health department. We daily look at uh, any area outbreak uh, that we have. Um, the conference is talking about making uh, um, a plan or a uh, recommendation that we don't give out any more than four tickets for uh, each player okay. that they can give to uh, people to come to the games. Um, the health department is recommending two. two. So we will have that conversation at the board level on, uh, on Monday night, this coming Monday night, uh, because each uh, school board meeting, we are setting the calendar for the following month. Okay. So in the September 15th board meeting, we'll be sending a calendar for the October mm. uh, uh, month and uh, we will be talking about the number of spectators. Right now, it is all over the map. We have some schools that are saying they're not allowing any spectators in. Um, those schools in the conference or? They, they are schools in the conference. Um, we have other schools saying they're gonna let everybody in, although they've kind of backed off of that one. Um, but we wanna do what's ever safe and we've just gotta remember that whatever we do uh, that requires us to limit spectators it's to make sure that our, that our kids are safe and that our kids have the opportunity to play because in the at the end of the day that's what it's about right that the yeah. kids get the opportunity to play yeah. and that we can make sure at least parents yeah. right. of at least the home fans can get in to watch their kids at all levels yeah. um getting back to the spectator thing is this going to be a conference-wide decision or is each school district going to have their own as to how many spectators come in i think the conference is going to make a recommendation but it's going to be up to each individual oh, district okay um, because uh you know if you look if you look at the breakouts even around clark county and then look at the different school districts the breakouts are much different in different parts even of our own county oh absolutely so we have yeah. to look at all of that data as well on a daily basis well i think another thing too it would be gym size too wouldn't it too uh, you know we have the field house but then you have in volleyball you have the smaller gyms in loyal and greenwood and owen and you know that's going to come into play too i believe right and we have to talk about yeah. all levels because yeah. when we talk about the middle school the middle school seating capacity is not big no the the south field house capacity is not large no, um, and the field house itself is yes. so we're going to be even be looking at drilling down to those levels of detail okay. uh, you know for varsity football obviously we're going to have more fans that want to come uh, when you talk about middle school football and JV football we don't get the numbers and being outside is significantly different than being indoors so that be that's comment, that's you know. that's the other thing that we're talking about and uh, we'll make recommendations yeah. for the board to consider on Monday. You know, and I, I'm not going to speak for other schools, but D.E. Peters' athletic field is set up pretty nice where people can spread out very nicely up there also, too. So that's it, I think it would be a safe, one of the safer places to watch a game. You know, so. I sure hope so. Yeah. That's, that's our hope. So what do you think, uh, as far as football, do you think there will be more fans let in? Or are they still going to go with the two fans I think per it, player? I think, it's, I think it's easier to justify, based on space and based on being outdoors, yeah. that you could justify having more tickets available per player. But right. the, 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 uh, the other side of that issue, though, is that there are more players. 
Right. Right. So when you talk right. about a volleyball team that has maybe 15 kids yeah. uh, on a team, on the varsity team, right. yeah. and, a, and, a vars- and a varsity football game that may have 50 players 50. on each sideline. Yeah, they dress everybody freshman up. You know, right. Easily. That's, that's, a, that's a different animal as well. So. Yeah. Um, any talk looking ahead now to the f- winter sports? Well, we know. Or are we lost. taking it one time, step at a time here? Well, yeah. we're taking it one day at a time. <laughs> okay. uh, really, we are. I mean, it is. And that's all you can do. Yeah, it, right. it is such a fluid situation. Um, what we know so far is that we are going to probably lose games in the winter seasons mm-hmm. because they have already mm-hmm. dropped weeks off of the winter seasons yeah. uh, in order to wedge in this special fall season between uh, winter and spring sports. So that's going to be impacted. Um, I can tell you that my crystal ball broke a long time ago about <laughs> COVID-19. Yeah. And so what yeah. is going to be happening in November by the time that rolls around is, is hard to predict. I just hope that uh, uh, we can get a handle on this and, and get beyond it. One thing, back to football, John, you know, and I know you do a lot of roughing. Has there been anything talked about the safety of the refs? on the field at all yep recommended that the say that the officials wear masks okay. uh when we do pre-game uh uh coin tosses and stuff uh we'll go out and we're going to have one captain come out okay. the umpire and the referee will go out for the coin flip they will be masked um no handshaking right. uh things like that we can now use electronic whistles Really? So that we can wear a mask and you can hit a button and the electronic whistle will go off. Uh, oh, wow. All of those things are, are Might be are something they keep us. in, huh? It might be something to keep in. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, it gets a little cold in the pee in that whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once yeah. in a while. Yeah. Right, so, right. So having you that electronic whistle. Three. <laughs> you just want to be careful not to hit that button and have yeah. an inadvertent whistle. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it is, there are some options out there. Okay. And, and there has been a lot of protocols put in place to try to keep people safe. Yeah. What about... Uh, um, Helmets for the football players themselves. Is there a face guard going to be used or anything like that? Right. They, we, we purchased the shut uh, splash guards, they're called. And so they go, they are, they are anchored on the inside of the face mask. Okay. So it's all like the a, helmets a have those. Kind of, right. Yeah. And they have to be clear. But okay. we bought those for all helmets. Kids, are, we're not going to allow kids to uh, participate without one. Okay. Uh, right now, in pract- we have a number of practice protocols in place. We're doing very, 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 very little hitting. Uh, all of the hitting, uh, the vast majority of the hitting is going to be on dummies, uh, uh, bags, uh, the tackling wheels that we have, all of those kind of things uh, to avoid that contact. Anytime that players are going to get close together, they're supposed to be masked. One of the uh, adjustments that they've made uh, uh, for game nights is they've they are now allowing the player box to be all the way to the 10 yard line. Okay. Oh, okay. So they've expanded that player box so, so kids can socially out. distance on the sidelines. Okay. Um, so th- there's been a lot of thoughtful yeah, uh, really. uh, things gone into all of this or mm-hmm. taken in consideration, taking into consideration. So uh, we're trying to do it as safely as we possibly can, but uh, we do know that it is an added risk and we've got to be very careful about how we do this. Now, I know you're not in the press box anymore, I don't think. Um, any talk about what they're going to do there? Is there any limitations? Or? Well, we, we will limit. Uh, we, we will allow the um, uh, local media into our games at, at this point, so that that they can be broadcasted. Uh, they can be bro- broadcasting the game, and also it's important to know that we will live stream every varsity comp- uh, contest out there. So okay. 
it, with the uh, number of spectators being reduced, uh, anybody can go out and live stream those games and yeah, watch them live. And okay. The residents of town have the city channel too. The you residents know, have yeah, the city channel that will be live and replayed. Yes. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the WIA came down with a, uh, an announcement earlier today that due to the COVID-19 uh, restrictions in Dane County, they will not be able to use their facilities at the uh, Wisconsin for any state games during the fall. Okay. So the state girls golf, state girls individual and team tennis, and state girls swimming and diving, and also the uh, football. football. But they already yeah. announced that earlier, yeah. I think, that they yeah. weren't going to do they that. They announced that earlier. Um, but, yeah, no fall sports in Madison. I well, haven't heard anything else about that. We're really that. not exactly sure how that postseason in football is going to work. No, I know they no, have I haven't two seen weeks schedule. Get set, you yeah. know, you're darn near going to have to win your conference to get into it, I would think. They've got to limit to conference championships, champs. and really yeah. they've got to limit it to 28 teams because yeah. there's going to be four teams in seven divisions. Right. So if you're only going to have two weeks – yeah. You're going to have to have only four teams make it in each of those divisions. So you're going to have to cut it. You're going to have to cut out the first what three weeks? Yeah. That you normally had or two weeks? Yeah, you're going directly. Right three in. weeks. You're right, yeah. going right into level four, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Level yep. four. Yeah. Level four and then the championship. Yeah. yeah. If that's how they're going to do it, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't. And where heard. they'll play it, I don't know. No, nope. I have not heard that. Well, they said they'll announce it. Uh, I would think it'd be back to the old days before Camp Randall, where they just found neutral sites and away you go yep. you know there's enough turf fields in the country now that yeah you, you can have pretty good games over. there's a lot of turf fields yeah i just hope we're worrying about it yeah in nielsville that would be nice that would be nice that would be nice i would yes. even go to stanley so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um girls volleyball as i said starts up next tuesday i think nielsville has a home uh, match against uh, karat i think and football starts against mondovi on the 25th of September. So those are the fall sports that will be coming up. And uh, we thank you for coming in again, John, and talking, uh, we appreciate getting your having. insight, because we, we so only much. know so much, and yeah. we'd like to get the higher art, yeah. <laughs> higher up. To well, give I, us. I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. I think <laughs> that's just as important. But, and if I, and people tell me what I don't know. Yeah. So. It's like the old, you know more than we forgot. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, what else is going on? We were talking a little Brewers. Yeah. Uh, Bucks. Well, maybe we should start with the. <laughs> let's start. Let's I, get I the got Bucks a couple up. Of things in high school. Yeah. Okay, okay. Keep going. All right. Okay. Jonah Zoski, senior running back. Yes. Neil's Grant is on the Elroy Crazy Heads Hurts uh, preseason award list. Really? Uh, for he's on a watch list, and that award goes to Wisconsin's top senior running back. So Jonah is on that preseason list. Good for him. And Cooper Bredlow from Greenwood is on the preseason watch list of the Dave Craig Award, which goes to the top senior uh, quarterback in wow. the state. So wow. Good for him. Wow. Cooper, of, of course, from Greenwood. Pretty good deal being on a preseason watch list. So. Yeah. You know Booker's parents well, and yeah. I, yeah. I can tell you that uh, yeah. I don't think Jonah Zoshke missed a workout. No. This summer. No, he's, he he's is, built. Yeah. 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 A great frame. Yeah. And, yes. and you and watch him quick. You watch him run. Yeah. His, his legs look just like pistons going. He's yeah, just, he's, fast. he's just fun to watch. I wonder if that's a hockey thing, that I don't ability know. to change directions yeah. because he's no. got yeah. wheels in his yeah. hockey so, Yeah, so that's good. Good, hockey player, so. good for those guys. Yep. All right, uh, well, let's get to it. The Bucks uh, bowing out of the playoffs uh, in game five without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, after Giannis got hurt, they were lucky probably to win game four. <laughs> and then yeah. gave a good effort in game five, but – you know, we talked about it before, Larry. They just never really got it going at all in Florida. 
and I don't know if you blame Budenhauser or whoever, but they just never could seem to get it together in, in down in the in Orlando. And the talk was that everybody had the same issues. Yes. So really, you know, yeah. the Bucks. Yeah. But I think I think if that if the COVID wouldn't have happened and they had that four month layoff, I think the Bucks would have went through the playoffs you know, with home field with yes. home court advantage, which they don't didn't have in Orlando. And, and I was going to make that comment too. I think the Bucks really feed off the crowd at the yep. Pfizer Forum also. And they, they play some of their best ball at home, and you just didn't have that advantage down there. So. And they said with this uh, Miami Heat team, they got some young players, and not having to go against in front of that right. crowd like yeah. it would be at Pfizer Forum, it's almost like a – Yeah, a couple of Marquette guys, you know, Jimmy right. Butler, Wes Crowder, and then uh, uh, the Tyler Harrell. Tyler Hero, yeah. Ball, who yeah. ended up playing at Kentucky, so – yeah, a lot of a lot of Milwaukee area Man. boys gave it uh, gave it to them. Yeah, there so. were quite a few Marquette kids yes. out there with Wes Matthews. And <laughs> yeah, the, right. You know, I yeah. I think as I watch the Bucks, they are a, they are a great regular season team because yeah. I don't think other teams have a star like Giannis who plays as hard every night of the regular season. So uh, what happens during the playoffs then? Yeah. I think I think they're a little bit exposed. Yeah. I think they're exposed yeah. from scouting, and I, I when I see the Bucks roster, I just see a lot of the same guys. Yeah. You know, if you look at Divincenzo or however yeah. you say his name, and you look at Connington, and you look at Wes Matthews Jr., and you look, those are all the same, same player. player. They're they're just the same guys. Oh, yeah. I see. What and you're they don't they yeah. don't you know, and you and you've got Middleton as the number two, uh, but then you take a look at like a Jimmy Butler. And the difference between a uh, Middleton and a Jimmy Butler to me is uh, Jimmy Butler can finish at all levels. He can finish around the basket and right. he can shoot the three. And the Bucks really don't have that. Right. I, think they're ex I think their outside shooting is a little exposed right. during the tournament because, uh, during the playoffs because of they, they pack that lane against Giannis and make, and make it a lot harder for him to penetrate yeah. like he can in that five out. And I just don't see them and and I know uh, uh, the coach is you know is uh, comes from uh, San Antonio, Antonio under Popovich, but the Bucks just don't seem to get any early movement in their offense. Right. They just come down and space the floor and yeah. try to give Giannis everything off the dribble. Well, they have no half court offense, really. And and I think that execution is really exposed mm -hmm. in those in, in in once they get into the playoffs. And I think I was really disappointed that that they didn't keep Brogdon. I thought he was yeah. their number two. I thought and so when he let, let him go to Indiana, yeah. I thought yeah. that was yeah. a big mistake. Yeah. He, was a, he, he, was, he was a scorer. Uh, and, and, you know, he came out of Virginia. You know he can defend. Right. Yeah. And you know yeah. he's fundamentally sound, and you know he's got a high basketball yeah. IQ. And to let him go, I thought, was a real mistake. Anytime you're coached by a Bennett, you're going to learn how to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I you are. <laughs> but, you know, you want to be honest about, you know, this series against Miami looked a lot like the series against Toronto last year. Yeah, it did. Um, they cut Giannis off from driving the basket, and they couldn't beat him on outside shooting. And you talk about Jimmy Butler beating him at all levels. Look at what Leonard did him at for Toronto last year too, you know. Well, then then it would go back to coaching because you would think that after last year they would figure something else yeah, out. Right. Yeah. You know, and in Giannis Giannis has improved his three-point shot, but yeah. he had a lot to improve on. Right. 
but he's still not that guy no. that can come down yeah. and really scare you from the three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got to get to around the rim, and when they take that away, they just don't seem to run any other options to get him posted up and then enter the ball right. off a pass instead of off the dribble. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just think... I, just, I just think that it, I do think there's some execution I, things I, I that they could do differently, and they got to look at talent. Some thought put into a half court offense. What 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 just amazes me is how well they can do during the regular season, and yeah. then and then flop in the playoff. Yeah, but there again, I just think if you watch Giannis play, and it's game 62, he is playing his heart out. But yeah. teams and there's don't. Guys that t- and there's there are st- stars on teams that coast during the regular. Well, yeah, season. yeah. Absolutely. But I look mean, at Gua- look at Brown who. Yeah. Or, uh, Kwame, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, Kawhi, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, who takes nights off. Yeah. yeah. So does LeBron James. You know, LeBron James. Takes but nights. he he runs. They never stop him in the in the regular season. Yeah. So it's almost like they want him to I win guess, MVP, and then he gets I, to the playoffs, and they stop him. History defense tightens up in the playoffs. You see a lot of Matador defense during the regular season, and I think those holes shut down pretty good yeah. in the playoffs. Maybe. I I, don't know, I so. just I, and I don't see. I don't see the I don't see the Bucks finishing at the rim. Yeah. They just you know Middleton will try to drive, but just can't finish. Connaughton yeah. will try to drive, just doesn't finish yeah. when you the know, defense hope, is tough hopefully enough. Hopefully they the finish this up, figure it out because their window is closing very fast. Well, you know they got to keep you honest. Yeah. And, but you know, I say you got right now you got Middleton going good. Yeah, they might, like you said they let Brogdon go, which was a mistake. But you know Bledsoe has signed. Uh, you probably can have both Lopez's back. Matthews can be around, you know, but you, you got to make a goal. So, yeah, I'd like to. I would like to see them upgrade their point guard. Bledsoe yeah. Bledsoe disappears in the playoffs. Yeah, in yeah he opinion. does. Yes, he yeah. does. Um, and and I would like to see somebody that handles the ball more and get Giannis moving uh, off screens or whatever, right. or posting up and getting some different looks without having to just try to dribble drive. Well, you go back to the old days of John Stockton and uh, Malone. Yeah, that's kind of kind of the offense, kind of Frank Quinkard. I envision. I see a John Stockton out there. So pick and roll, pick and roll. Yep, basics. Well, Billy Donovan's open. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Donovan. I think is going to make some money or some new team. Yeah, I think. He, what did he say? He's thirty-four. Not yeah. the Bucks. Not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not start any rumors. Yeah, yet. I don't know. Going to start any rumors. Um, so, so we got the teams left now. Uh, Miami is going to take on either Boston or Toronto. Um, Clippers, Lakers, Houston, Denver. Who do we got in the finals now? Everybody was saying Bucks and Lakers. Well, I think Boston is playing very well in the, in the East right now. Though Toronto has come back on them. But I like Boston, and I like the L.A. Clippers just because I think Leonard's going to will them to the championship out there. I just haven't seen enough of the Lakers yet to yeah. see how good they really are. Yeah, oh, they got tough. two guys, they but other than that. two studs, but, you know, the – the surrounding cast isn't that good. No. So. Yeah, I think the you know I I look at the East and I see I, I think Boston yeah. really has stepped up their yes. game and Danny Ainge has really done a nice yeah. job of stockpiling players. He's got three first round picks next year again. And he's <laughs> so, got oh, uh, and he's probably got the yeah. coach with the highest IQ of yeah. all the coaches left in the in the league. The West, I don't know. You know, uh, I think the. Lakers will have a little easier time because the the Clippers are playing Denver and yeah. Denver's a Denver's, Denver's tougher a than, Denver's tough Denver's than uh, the, the team the Lakers are playing. Yep. So, so. you think you think Houston's kind of like the Bucks? They well, seem to play well in the, in yeah. the regular season. Yeah, and they 
Yeah, they they're they don't play well. Offense, quite the same thing. They're wide open offense. Yeah, they don't play well either with Westbrook their Westbrook and Harden and yeah. the gang. And but you know, if you're if you're playing a team like that that plays small and you only play them one night in yeah. the regular season, so you don't put together a huge scouting report, uh, and and you just go out and play pretty much. That's, they're such an anomaly that they're hard to match up with. But when you're going to play them in a seven-game oh. series, yeah. and you're going to and you're going to start trying to post guys up against their six-seven big guy, right. and uh, I think that I think that makes a difference as yeah. well. All right, uh, moving on uh, to Brewers. Uh, I can't figure this team out. Yeah, they get well, beat one night, and then they get blow out. Runs. <laughs> <laughs> Set a club record for extra base hits, 13 hits. 13 yeah, extra base hits, come back so. and, and just blow them out the I, next game. I don't game. know if it's a sign to come, but one thing I will say, Corbin Burns is really coming on as a yeah. pitcher. He yep. is really coming on. So one of the, He's been one of the highlights of this season, which, which has been very few. So. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian Hauser didn't do so well the other day. No, night, he's yeah. been struggling too, yeah. and Woodruff has been too. So On another baseball note, Larry, though, Dalton Marshall, who's from Marshfield High yep. School, uh, played his college ball at UW Milwaukee and then a couple seasons with the Eau Claire Express. He's now up with the Arizona Diamondbacks and hit his first career home run this past weekend against the San Francisco Giants. I seen that on video. Went out in the bay. Yeah, a splash job. Yeah, so. went out in McCovey Bay. And uh, Tuesday night he hit his second against oh. the Dodgers. So. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, Dalton, he's a catcher by trade, but he has been playing outfield and third base for him too, so... Of course, he's the son of longtime uh, player and coach Gary Varsho, and his uncle is Dale Varsho, who manages the Eau Claire Express. So he's had a little experience coming up through the ring. There's some baseball in his genes. Well, yeah. and there's, that, that's an athletic family. Because yeah. His, his, his sister, Taylor, yeah. is the all-time leading scorer in Marshall, and she's now the coach. I believe so. Actually, Taylor comes down and plays uh, in the mornings against uh, the men once in a while when we play in the morning. I think she's the all-time leading scorer in morning basketball here, too. Yeah. And then his older sister, Andy, she was a star at Purdue, softball yes, star at Purdue, right. and I believe she's yep. coaching somewhere now. I'm not sure. So, but. Yeah, that's a very athletic family. Very athletic family, yes, and they've carried it on as yes. well. All right, uh, NFL season gets underway tonight. Uh, We've got Kansas City and Houston. I don't know why they're calling this a rivalry, but they are with Deshaun and uh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Got two nice court contracts there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Watson uh, getting his forty million a year. <laughs> everybody's got Kansas City maybe repeating. What do you got? Well, I think they're going to win tomorrow night, but I don't think they're going to win the season. So. Okay. I, I I I think they'll get through the AFC, but I don't think they'll win the championship. I watched somebody say they think that uh, the Ravens are going to go unbeaten this year. The way their uh, schedule is. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I hate to say it right now, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to the Ravens and the Chiefs and the AFC. Um, I don't think New England is going to be the threat they have been in the past just because with Brady and Tampa, I, I don't think a whole lot of Cam Newton as a quarterback. And we'll see how he fits in with Bill Belichick. And there are some, there are some interesting first-game matchups Especially yeah. in that NFC South, where yeah. Tampa Bay takes on New Orleans right, right away. Right off the bat, right off. The You're bat. gonna find out right away who's better. Yeah. They said the first, the first time ever, two 40-year-old quarterbacks yeah. will be playing against right. each other. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Two 40-year-old starting quarter, yeah. over 40-year-old starting quarterbacks. And these aren't your George Blanda type quarterbacks. No. I mean, They're these not guys there to kick. No, these guys are good. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how fast the pieces come together in Tampa. Yeah. You know, because Gronk is down there now, Fournette is down there. 
you know, they have not had any games together or anything like that, just practice time, whereas the Saints are very established. So. That's going to be another thing um, as being a coach, John. How are these players going to be able to react without preseason games now going right into the regular season? Well, they're all doing it. Uh, the, the playing field is level. I yeah. guess yeah. nobody got to play it. But right. I, I don't think – I think a couple things. I don't think teams know who they are yet because right. right. they've only played against – uh, their own teammates, yeah. uh, so there could be some fool's gold. Especially teams like, you know, Tampa Bay and yeah. these guys that have new players. Right, right. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be some upsets, I think, the first week, Larry and John, just because nobody knows who they are. Right. I, I agree. And I, and it, the yeah. other thing I think is there are po- probably players that have been cut that may have made the team if there were preseason games. Right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, right. You, yeah. Know, I, you know, I guarantee, you know, Jake Kummerow was the biggest surprise cut to me at the Packers. You give him a couple games on Aaron Rodgers, he's going to show his stuff. And he's, you know, right now the guy that they took ahead of him, they took him on, on potential more than what he's done on the field. So, yeah. And then, so and the Kummerow now he ends up on Buffalo's practice squad. So, so. It's surprising they cut people just on, yeah. on a notion instead of what they already know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was shocked. You might be one. able to pick those guys up later if they're still out yeah. there, but I would yeah, hang Buffalo on to Buffalo snapped him right up on yeah. the practice squad. And, and one of my theories there is that, uh, you know, when Kumro started at University of Whitewater, Lance Leopold was the head coach there. Well, Lance Leopold is now the head coach of the University of Buffalo, too. So, <laughs> so that, that's my theory while Jake Kumro ended up on Buffalo <laughs> practice squad. Well, so. he had a place to stay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rent-free, you know. <laughs> CBS Sports NFL experts made their predictions this week. And uh, the team they have winning Super Bowl 55 is the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Ravens and Saints are right behind. Yeah. Um, regular season MVP is by far Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Uh, Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson did get some votes in yeah. that. One team I would not sleep on in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. They've bulked up their defense pretty good, and they've added another wide receiver. And There's I, another team that plays well yeah. during the regular season. <laughs> yeah, and I Thanks. think they're going to come out and be tough. Right? You know, my, the story, you know, they think they'll be good right off the bat because they can run the football, mm-hmm. and which they do well. So, But uh, I would not be surprised to see Dallas in the Super Bowl this year. Zach Prescott's playing for a contract. Yeah. He's yeah. only he had to sign that uh, thirty-one million dollars. Yeah, that thirty-one million dollars. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Coach of the year, they got Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick tying okay. for, uh, and Mike Sean. McCarthy did get a vote. You know, back to Dallas. That was going to be my one <laughs> my one comment. I forgot to say. Yeah, um, if Mike, you know, Mike McCarthy was getting pretty stale at the end there in Green Bay. Yeah. And they say he's reinvented himself, but oh. we are going to see what happens in Dallas. So. He's got um, weapons to work if he, with. If he somehow mismanages this one, he's going to be in trouble yeah. with Jerry Jones. So, well, John Breach of CBS Sports predicted uh, the Cowboys beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So, okay. you're right on page with him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's got Dak Prescott winning the MVP. Yeah, I, uh, I think as John had said, he's playing for a uh, long-term contract. So, but he also has Cam Newton leading the NFL in total touchdowns. <laughs> he's entitled to his opinion. There. I was going to get that one in because he's about Cam Newton. I, I, he's, enti- he's entitled to his opinion there, but um, we'll see if he's up there with Zeke Elliott. And he has the Packers and Vikings tying for the first place in the NFC North at 9-7. and seven. And his bold prediction is that no team in the division will hit double-digit wins. Hmm. 
it's quite possible because all four of those teams are pretty equal this year. You know, it's, it's going to be a lot of banging around. You know, it's probably, you know, if Rogers stays healthy, I think you got to give Green Bay the nod over the other three. But yeah. uh, we'll see. Minnesota's defense is going to be a little bit different this year. They, Everson Griffin is gone now. He's with the Cowboys. And then uh, yesterday I read where uh, Daniil Hunter is on IR. So that's their two big pass rushers right mm. there. So their defense is going to look a little bit different. Well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think their <laughs> secondary is all new. Yeah, they've, yeah. They, yeah, they've changed a lot in their secondary. They've still got the good core of linebackers. But uh, but uh, on the offensive side, you know, they've still got Cooks. He's pretty tough. So. His prediction in the AFC South was Doug Marone of the Jaguars will be the first coach fired. Well, the way they've been cleaning house this <laughs> this summer, I wouldn't doubt it. He's got nothing left. <laughs> no, he, he, <laughs> nothing left yeah, to work with. Well, his quarterback played some last year, but they're really going pretty much with an inexperienced with Minshew, who's fairly inexperienced. So, well, they they signed a pretty experienced guy behind him, wasn't it McNown or something? At, Oh yes, like about yeah. eighteen years in the NFL. Yeah, is a, yeah. But you look at the, he's over starter, forty, I yeah. think. Yeah. You look at the teams their division. Um, Indianapolis brought in Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nashville is going to be strong. At you know, last year they run the ball, and then they just signed Javadi and Clowney. And Houston's going to be a fine ball club too. So, you know, I, I think Jacksonville's in a little bit of trouble this year. Well, the Packers sure stat stood pat. Yes. I mean, that, you know, other than yeah. the inside linebackers, yeah, uh, yeah. they didn't. Uh, they didn't change a lot from last year. I, you know, I really Mercedes Lewis turns out to be the number starting, one tight end, although yeah. when they have so many offensive packages yeah, that that each starts back to and yeah. whatever else. But uh, I, they really didn't make a big effort to go out and get the wide receiver I thought to it. I thought there were so many that went in that first round of the draft that I thought they could have traded up, maybe got or found somebody. You know, they did sign Funches, and he opted out. But uh, they're putting an awful lot of faith in guys that they've had before. Uh, we'll see. Well, they must have had a revolving door in the Hudson Center with uh, re- receivers coming in and trying out uh, yeah. people that I've never heard of yeah. before. Right. Yeah, yeah. They put a lot of guys through a <laughs> yeah. tryout. So the Packers got the Vikings uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Right off the bat, there's another one. Top two teams in the con- right. in the division. I, I think it must be all the teams are playing within their division this week. I guess. So. Seems like it. a lot yeah. of them are. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you think? Uh, without fans, that's going to be weird. The but fans, that should be a little bit of an advantage towards the Packers in yeah. the, up there. So I'll take the Packers by a touchdown. That's a safe bet, yeah. I think. It'll be interesting. If they can sneak out of Minnesota with one early, yeah. that would be, yeah. Yeah, that's that would be a, big a good one right start there, for them. You know, yeah. so. And that's always giving them fits up there, yeah. no matter who's quarterbacking or yeah. who's playing or who's coaching. Yeah, so. yeah you know, I believe the fourth week they're going down to New Orleans. And I don't think there's going to be fans yet then. Probably. No, not down there. No. That'd be another place that you know you might be able to sneak one without no fan noise too. So, yeah, they, I'll be interested to see the run pass balance this year. Yeah, with Green Bay now that they're in their second year with the right. offensive system, and yeah. uh, they seem to be pretty committed to the run. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. They did talk about. Uh, I heard people talking about uh, coaches may have to do become pretty inventive in making. Uh, call changes at halftime because both sidelines are going to be able to hear calls a lot better that defenses oh, and sure. offensive sure. linemen yeah. are making. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. They think it's going to be an advantage to the defense because when teams went to the no huddle and they had the crowd noise, the defense couldn't communicate well. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they think they might be an advantage to the defense, but it'll be interesting to see how coaches adjust <laughs> with no fans. Yeah, one guy designated for hand signals. Yeah. yeah. Pick him up. Right. So. <laughs> Try and figure him out. 
Um, one more thing I got here is the uh, top 15. I'm only going to give you the top five. Richest owners in the NFL. Jerry Jones. Uh, he's number two. David Tepper of the Panthers. Really? Okay. $13 billion he's worth. He's the forty-first. He's the forty-first richest person in the country, and he makes thirteen billion. <laughs> Wasn't the guy from Jacksonville? Jacksonville, Shahid yeah. Khan. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is fourth on the list. Okay. Jerry Jones is second at eight point six billion. Uh, Stan Crony or Craney of the Rams, eight point three billion. Isn't uh, uh, the Seahawks owned by Seahawks? Was the big tech guy. Tech guy. Wasn't Stephen it? Ross is number five. Okay, he's with the Dolphins. The Dolphins. $7.2 billion. Yeah, but some, you know, whoever bought the Seahawks when they hired Mike was with, with the tech guys. You know, I know he did pass away, but I, you know, I thought his money still might be there. So. <laughs> <laughs> These so. are some rich guys. Yeah. You know, so. Billion. 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 Yeah, billion. billion. We're not talking well, million. You know, said, they know, bought the team for some millions. Yeah, but you look what the fi- <laughs> uh, the value of the Cowboys is what Jerry Jones bought them in 1989. Yeah. And look what the value has done in 31 years. Oh, yeah. You know, bought them for probably $140 million. Now that is way into the billions for a value of a franchise. So. Well, I'll tell you, they are, there are some players signing some big contracts yeah. in the yeah. NFL and yeah. more guaranteed money than yeah. they've ever seen yeah. now in the you're NFL. You're starting to hear the word billion. Coming, yeah. You the, know, with Mahomes is a half a billion. And, so. The defensive back for the Rams. Just signed, just signed for $105 million and yeah. 76 I think, is yeah, guaranteed. He, he's a good player, but, you know, I don't know. So. Some of these guys do that, and then they flop. Yeah, they do. So. Not all, but some yeah. do. It's a lot of money, and it's a lot of guaranteed money. Yeah. You better hope they do something. <laughs> Flushing her down the toilet somewhere. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to add here today, uh, Dick? Just, it's kind of a special day at our house okay. today. Uh, my wife and I, Marilyn, we share the same birthday. Well, <laughs> happy birthday. Yep. And today is the day, so I just wanted to mention, say happy birthday, Marilyn. Well, I remembered it. Something. Happy birthday, Marilyn. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Dick. Happy birthday, both yes. of you. Yeah. All right. That's pretty yeah, that's pretty must unique. have been born about 10 years later than you. Then. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't get into that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's but, pretty unique. You're both on the same yeah, day. Yeah, I never that's forget unique. my wife's birthday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my brother got married on his birthday, so he, he gets the birthday and his anniversary. He never forgets his there anniversary that way. Yeah. Those are important dates <laughs> never to forget. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming in, John, again. I appreciate it, buddy. I do have to do John. a shout out uh, yeah. to the greatest Polish player that ever played in Green Bay. We're, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of Chester Markle's only field touchdown. Goal, goal return. <laughs> it, happened to, it happened this day, yeah. oh, wow. 40 years yeah. ago. It yeah, he had a blocked field goal that, that went video, back to him, and he and ran that it video in against was the on YouTube, by oh. the way, also. So. I'll never forget. He, he cried. Yeah. He really cried hard after he did that because he never yeah. scored a touchdown. Yeah, and he was having some problems then, and he did yeah. not finish the season with the team either that year too. That was well, speaking of age. I was old. I was watching that game. I was yeah. too. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all old enough. Yeah. <laughs> As two guys on sports, I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.